All right, ready ready for a crack? Yes. This week's crack is brought to you by Oscar Blues Brewery, Mama's Little Yellow Pills. Mm. Please pay us. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you are about to witness the world's number one wrestling podcast. Let me pod to you. Yeah. Welcome to Let Me Pod to You. I'm Jacob. You can block me on Twitter at We Hate Jacob. I'm here with my co-host Dimitri. You can find him on Twitter at just Dimitri underscore Dimitri. How do you feel about this past week of wrestling? Uh, you know, I, I think I feel a little middle of the road. Uh, a little little middle of the road. You know, nothing terrible, but nothing great happened. I feel that's it's kind of where I'm at. How about you? I, I feel about the same. It's been kind of a top of the mid week for wrestling mm-hmm. it there hasn't really been a lot of main event if you know what i mean oh i know what you mean brother our format here is dimitri's top of the mid a headline for me some stocks rising some stocks falling and these can be specific wrestlers storylines you know whatever to kick off this conversation but dimitri who is your top of the mid this week brother this week we got a brand new member of the top of the mid club A.K.A. the bottom of the top. A.K.A. where everybody wants to be. A.K.A. I don't. I don't got any more A.K.A.s. Anyways, <laughs> this week I got Chelsea Green in there, dog. I yeah. think that's an excellent pick. Hey, yeah, Chelsea Green. Here, here's where I'm at with Chelsea Green. She has been on the roster for like months now. Not very long. Literally just months. Mm-hmm. When did she return? Royal Rumble, maybe? I think so. Yeah. So, <laughs> clearly not very long on the roster. But, in that short amount of time, she's managed to be a character on screen that I care about seeing. Every week, I want to see Chelsea Green on the TV. Every week, when when uh, when she comes out, I'm like, oh, hell yeah, here comes Chelsea Green to Janie. I, I'm always telling her, like, oh, hell yeah, Chelsea Green's coming out. Uh, and, and you know, I just, I love all her antics. I love the, uh, the little beef she has with management. Uh, it just makes me laugh. It's a good time. Uh, it's the type of, um, I'd say it's the type of character that doesn't need a title, uh, because she's just great regardless. She doesn't need to have a title to validate why she's on the roster, but would I like her to, uh, have a title? Absolutely. I think that would be great. How do you feel about Chelsea? So, a lot of you guys had Chelsea Green. You loved her right away. Mm -hmm. I didn't know Chelsea Green before her return at the Royal Rumble. That was my first introduction to Chelsea Green. And then, you know, the first kind of bit that we get of her is this Karen gimmick that I was like, really? They're doing this? Mm -hmm. And I wasn't sure how, how it was going to really play on screen. After about two weeks, plus what she's done on Twitter with it, constantly tweeting at Adam Pierce, it's so good. It's like, so funny. <laughs> the The fact that she has made it what it is, because it's a very simple gimmick. It's like, mm-hmm. Karen, I want to speak to the manager. I'm not getting what I want. And it's not fair because look at me. It's It's very good and it's working really well. And I'm I'm really happy about it. It's it's been really fun. I think having her paired with Sonia Deville 
and that tag team is such a good choice because mm-hmm. it's like Adam Pierce made the joke about calling their team the complaint department. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> Perfecto. Chef's kiss. Smooch. Like it's it's so good. The only thing at this point that I don't like about Chelsea Green is the weird like sailor slash cop hat that she wears out and then throws right away when she comes. It's an out interesting look. I don't like the hat. Everything else is is great, but the hat could, could do without. And you know, I I want to add there um, about the tag team. I do really also like the tag team. It works really well, both of their characters together, and you know, it seems believable. Um, something that we've talked about that I I think is is pretty consistent among wrestling fans is. They really need to work on their women's tag division. Mm-hmm. And it feels like all these teams are just random teams of people just thrown together without any sort of reason why they're together. They just team up one night and then they're a tag team and then they, they win the titles and then it is what it is. But I like the idea of these two working together. I like the idea of even commentary still calls them the complaint department. I like that. <laughs> That's funny to me. And I like that Like, there's a reason that they came together that, you know, they started talking to Adam Pierce that one day and then boom, you know, it makes sense. Uh, ideas align, personalities align. And now they're like a legit tag team. So it doesn't have to be anything deep to me for a tag team to like make sense. It just has to have some reason to make sense. And I appreciate that this tag team does do that. Exactly the same as when when they were still in WWE, and I'll use their WWE names, Sasha Banks and Naomi. Mm-hmm. They made a really good tag team. They had they had teamed in the past, and that chemistry was just there. They're also two different types of wrestlers, so you you don't have kind of a, a single note, you know, wh- whether whoever's in the ring. So I think stuff like that is really important, and I I hope. Because I think Liv and Raquel work really well together as a tag team, too. Both I agree. Both can be singles competitors, but they work best in a tag team. Liv's done her best work. Like, when she was with... She was with Rhea for a minute, wasn't she? Yep, yep. That was a good tag team. I like that a lot, That was a good tag actually. team. <laughs> so, I, I think that... I think there are certain wrestlers, and this goes for men's and women's divisions, that just work best in a, in a tag team. And there's nothing wrong with that. And if WWE can find these women who can work really well together and make good tag teams and just make this division make more sense consistently, I think that would be a win all around. Big agree. And um, so just to kind of switch topics a little bit, I actually had a little bit of a headline here I wanted to talk about. Let's do it. And I'm going to throw it in here before your headline, which is kind of related. Mm -hmm. But you know what? I just wanted to throw it out there, guys. I am somebody who watched AEW at the very beginning when it like was first conceived. I had a coworker who put me on to um, who are they? Uh, the Elite YouTube channel, mm-hmm. and I was watching that uh, <laughs> at work. Actually, I was watching that at work, and um, you know, I, I thought it was kind of cool. And then you know, I got to watch the first episodes of Dynamite, and I really liked it at the time. And I would say I watched it for probably the first six months it was on air, something like that. Um, got to see a lot of wrestlers I was never exposed to. Got to see some wrestlers that you know I had heard of that I never really watched. And I got to see some ex-WWE guys. Um, and I, I enjoyed my time with it. I just sort of fell out of it. Um, and I literally haven't watched it like since. So fast forward, 
I decided to turn on AEW for some reason this week. Uh, that could reason be, is just. Could it be because you have a podcast where you talk about wrestling? You know what? Uh, <laughs> sadly, that is not the reason. The reason is because I saw my childhood hero, Jeff Hardy, on the motherfucking screen on Twitter. And I was like, holy shit. So. <laughs> Uh, I record Dynamite every week, even though I don't watch it. So I had to pop in. Um, I fast forwarded to the Jeff Hardy segment, watched that, was hype about it. And then uh, I took a second and, you know, I kind of observed things and, and I got some observations of somebody who used to watch AEW who just tuned in to you know, take a little peek this week. So something I wanted to say is uh, I dig the way the presentation looks. Uh, when I watched, it was like the presentation was like way different. Um, like when I first started watching, it definitely felt a lot more low budget, which is fine. Um, I enjoyed the show still. Felt more low budget. Everything was kind of darker and, you know, they had an entirely different color scheme and everything just kind of seemed different. Uh, and something that is weird, but that I caught in the beginning is they did a terrible job with like entrance music. It like always sounded like drowned out and I could never like hear it and it bothered me because it. That's part of a wrestler's identity to me is their like entrance music. Mm -hmm. um, watching this week, the presentation's bright. The stage changed. I really like the new stage. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't seem like bland to me, but it is like a lot cleaner. Um, I think WWE stage is kind of bland, but the AEW stage cleans it up without being too bland. I enjoy that. Um, and just overall, I felt like it was just a more professional clean looking product and i was able to hear the fucking theme songs when wrestlers came out <laughs> and that, that made me happy so all those things uh as somebody who doesn't watch AEW, made me feel a little bit more like i might tune in again to watch AEW. and another thing i want to say that i watched is i watched sting and darby allen uh who were they talking to mjf mm-hmm I watched that segment and I haven't seen Sting do anything since like his little run in the WWE where it, it didn't really work out. Um, dude, Sting's legit. I like Sting. Uh, I didn't expect him to be so solid on the mic at this age, but bro is convincing. Yep. Um, and the first time I watched AEW, I really liked Darby Allen, and I can see that that has not changed for me. I still like Darby Allen. He's kind of a badass. Kind of reminds me of Jeff Hardy. I think that's the reason I like him. Um, uh, they had a they had a match where they were trying. Each of them was like, "Yeah, you're gonna try to kill yourself that way. Watch how I kill myself." <laughs> and it was a ladder match of some sort where Darby climbed to the top of an 18 footer on in the ring, did a swanton off the back or a coffin drop which is kind of he jumps backwards yeah i've seen that yep it was one of those two off the very top onto jeff hardy who was laid out on chairs that were set up bruh jeff hardy's too old for this <laughs> and and darby's back hit the backs of the chairs more than it hit jeff hardy like it was basically just like oh you can do that spot watch me do this spot uh, in another match that was a falls count anywhere at some point in Jeff Hardy's first run with AEW, he climbed again a big ladder on the concourse up onto a big ledge mm -hmm. and did a swanton off like a 20-foot ledge 
Oh, I saw that one on Twitter. That one was crazy. Like, it's like, dude, Jeff Hardy, you don't have to do this at this point, You really don't. You got fans like me. I'll tune in just to see you on the screen, bro. You don't even got to do that. I, I am glad that you, you tuned into AEW. And, and one thing I'll say about the presentation, they actually did a big refresh on the the look of AEW over the last year. So yeah. I think it was, it was maybe a little over a year ago that they made the switch from Dynamite on TNT to Dynamite on TBS. It was in... It was in the time frame that I've been watching that they made that switch because it confused me for the first couple weeks on where I go watch it. Mm. But... That was the first switch that kind of upped the presentation value, upped the budget a bit because it's on TBS. That's their their big network. They're going to make sure that things look good. Um, in the last six months, I actually think it was just after Halloween, I believe, they had hired a uh, like the head of production from WWE after WWE let his contract lapse. This was widely regarded in the wrestling universe as that's a good hire. Shortly after he was hired, AEW made some press releases talking about how they're going to be updating the look. And that came from the stage, the lighting, the entrance um, to the show, like the, the intro to the show, and the ring itself. So since then, they have updated the stage and kind of took away that chandelier look with two circular mm-hmm. tunnels. There's still two tunnels because there's a face tunnel and a heel tunnel. But they all come out kind of that central entrance. And There's this, a face tunnel and a heel tunnel? Yeah, people come out if looking at I never at knew the, that. Looking at the stage, if they come from the right, they're the face. If they come from the left, they're the heel. That's cool. Yep. Um, the the stage itself with the trons behind it, those are new because they got bigger kind of squares. So it's um, from what I've read, it's a better uh, look in the arena for people um, who are, you know, oh, checking the screen to see what's going on. Yeah, uh, it is also, you know, better for kind of the video package that accompanies the the entrance music. Um, third thing they changed was the ring appearance. They they had they used to have black ropes, and yep. it was kind of obstructive, and it was hard to see exactly where the ropes were on the ring. They've now switched to this red, white, and blue look, and it really brightens up the whole the whole um, the whole ring. I did notice the ropes. I love the color of the ropes. I was going to ask you if the the red, white, and blue is like permanent, if that's like an every night thing. They brought it back. They brought that in about a month ago. So that's how Mm -hmm. it's been for the last month. So I I don't know if they're going to change it periodically, but it's a really nice look and it really brightens everything up. I got to say this. If there's one thing I fucking love in wrestling, it's colored ropes. I always argue Mm -hmm. that WWE needs to bring back the colored ropes, make it blue for SmackDown, red for raw and then the special maybe white for pay-per-views makes the pay-per-views feel better makes the shows feel more individualistic that's how i feel but or if there's a color scheme for the for the pay-per-view you could have the ropes in that color scheme yep yep just something to change it up but dope staying on aew my headline is aew returns this week on dynamite we got jeff hardy's back the elite is back insert tony shivani it's <laughs> Wardlow returned. Sean Spears returned, and there are rumors of a CM Punk return this summer. I'm gonna go through these pretty quickly. Jeff Hardy, I'm gonna talk about a bit more later because I, I I'm interested to see what happens here. The Elite being back, the Blackpool Combat Club beat the shit out of everybody in the Elite. Sent um, one of the young bucks to the to the hospital. Uh, beat the shit out of Kenny Omega. Took a screwdriver to Hangman's eye. 
This week, the, you know, bottom of the mid, <laughs> stable of the elite, uh, Brandon Cutler, and I can't remember the other guy's name. I'm so sorry, other guy. They had a tag team match against John Moxley and Claudio, and I, I thought it was just going to be a squash match, and they were going to get their asses kicked. Both guys got busted open within the first two minutes of the, of the match, but they put on a fight. Brandon Cutler still wearing his fucking colorful tiger jumpsuit and uh, you know a face mask for, that like basketball players wear, even though he broke his nose like eighteen months ago. There's blood like in his mask at one point. Yeesh. They they lost, of course. Then Kenny Omega's music hits. The Blackpool Combat Club, they're looking up up at the, the stage. The Elite and Kenny come out from the stands, start fighting them. They get John Moxley in a corner. Kenny has a screwdriver, runs at John Moxley. Claudio pulls him out, and the screwdriver goes halfway into the turnbuckle. Like, it was like, okay, we're going to see a dark side of the Elite here. Mm-hmm. They're not fucking around either. Let's see where this goes next week. Uh, Sting, like you talked about briefly, I. <sighs> I have not always been the biggest fan of Darby Allen. I think he is an incredible wrestler. He has incredible spots. I, I haven't been able to take him seriously as a TNT champion. But he's making me believe. Question for you real quick. Yeah. Why weren't you a uh, Darby Allen fan? Um, it's I think it was mostly his like very douchey, snobby video packages that he put together. Okay, fair. Um, they were like, ugh. Because uh, I was, I was thinking. Uh, I know you're not like the biggest Jeff Hardy fan. Like you don't get that because you weren't like um, you don't have the same nostalgia that I got for Jeff Hardy. And yeah. I was like, hmm, maybe it's a similar thing because I feel like you know, as I said, Darby Allen's kind of similar to Jeff Hardy. Yeah, it's for me. It's more of like he just seems like a guy I would never, ever, ever want to hang out with at all. <laughs> That's a funny way to describe him. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I think it was last week on the show, I talked about Sammy Guevara's promo that was like a face promo, and it didn't land at all because Sammy Guevara fucking sucks. Fuck he Sammy su- Guevara. I was about to say that. He sucks, bro. Like, fuck him. <laughs> Boo. And, I, like, my I tweeted this on the account. I was like, this promo feels like a Darby Allen promo. Like, and then Darby comes out this week and he has his promo. Well, it's more of an MJF promo where he sits and listens to MJF. And then he goes, Max, are you happy? And just throws off MJF completely. And then he starts, you know, talking about how they came up in the indies together. And he was like, you were always about the money. I was always about looking after my family. And he made me believe. He made me believe, like, yeah, he could be the face of this company. I, I don't think he's going to win. I don't think any of these four guys that are kind of vying for the title right now are, are going to win. But I think Darby is the one that they should be pushing out of these three. Especially if you look at, you know, crowd reaction. The crowd's always pretty positive on Jungle Boy. The kid can't cut a fucking promo. I'm sorry. He can't cut a promo. Incredible in-ring. I think he should be a tag team with somebody again. That's where he's done his best stuff with Luchasaurus and Jungle Express. Those couple matches he did with Hook and Jungle Hook. I think that would be a really good way to keep getting him TV time and also get him some time working on the mic. Don't let him have a manager. Like, Christian got to do all the talking for him with Jungle Express. 
So he let him work on it somewhere else, not the main event scene. Sammy Guevara, we already said it. Fuck Sammy Guevara. Amen. Darby Allen, he has held the TNT title a few times. He has, I think, the the believability of being a world champion because he will fight anybody. Like, this man willingly fought Wardlow and Samoa Joe at the same time. Like, he's insane. So... I think he's the most realistic option for, you know, that that world title picture. Sting's promo, sensational. Mm-hmm. Hitting MJF in the face with the pom-poms, pulling out another one from his jacket, and then just being like, yeah, I know I'm fucking old, but I'm not just here to babysit Darby. I'm here to make sure he gets his shot. And it's like, okay, Sting. Like, when I was a kid, the wrestling that I unfortunately watched because I didn't know any better was TNA Impact. And that was when Sting was still tearing shit up there. I always loved him there. So Sting, you know, like, he talks, I listen. Continuing on, Wardlow returned. And so did Ead's favorite character in all of wrestling, the forklift in the parking lot. (laughs) Wardlow smashed the shit out of Hobbs' car, picked that shit up with a forklift and flipped it over, and then came into the arena and beat the shit out of Hobbs. I actually watched this part, actually. I forgot. I watched that part. That we, we, are, we are one, on Dynamite tomorrow night. We are once again going to have some meaty men slapping meat. I do not think Hobbs' TNT title reign has worked, but that is mostly due to the fault of QT Marshall and his fucking TMZ QTV gimmick that he's doing. Awful, terrible stuff. Just let Hobbs do his thing. He's a big, strong boy. Like he can, he can do his stuff. We don't, we don't need QT anywhere near this. Sean Spears returned with a very familiar perfect ten gimmick. Um, he lost to Jungle Boy on Rampage, but again, I, I kind of turned into Darby Allen being the main talking point. But CM Punk rumors. CM Punk allegedly misses wrestling. He is probably going to be back in AEW this summer. Probably so they sell more tickets at Wembley Stadium. And the big thing that's kind of been part of this rumor that's lingering around is that half the locker room hates him, especially a lot of the top guys, the guys in, you know, the elite, obviously, after the brawl out situation, Uh, the guys in the Blackpool Combat Club, John Moxley doesn't really care for him. And CM Punk, you know, has done his fair share of shooting on John Moxley. So Chris Jericho also apparently doesn't like him, but, you know, CM Punk's puts you know faces on screens and he gets uh, butts and seats so you bring back cm punk and it's gonna sell the big thing that i'm a little bit confused about is this rumor that AEW is going to do somewhat of a brand split and start a two-hour saturday show at 8 p.m on tnt tony if you're listening and i know you're not rampage no one watches it live. It's at 10 o'clock on a Friday. I record that and I watch it on Saturday when I wake up. It is consistently the worst performing wrestling show on, tev- on television every week. Do you really think Saturday night is going to get you you know, eyeballs? I really don't know. Even if CM Punk is on that show, I don't think you're getting live audience to tune into that every week. What do you do think, we- Dimitri? Do we know if it'd be earlier? No, 8 p.m. Okay, 8 p.m. on a Saturday. I think it'd probably do better than um, 
Rampage does now. Probably. Uh, just because, I mean, nobody's going to watch Rampage after they, like, if they're watching SmackDown, they're not going to, like, watch SmackDown and then be like, ooh, I'm so excited for this Rampage episode that's an hour long that, you know, I, I've heard it's mid. I don't really watch it, but... Um, that has midness about it. Um, I, I wouldn't be interested in that, but I'd be more interested if it was a whole different day and it didn't start at 10 um, and it had stars on it and legitimate storylines. Uh, I think it would do better, but um, how much better? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I'm really confused by the Saturday thing. I mean, even on Rampage on Friday nights, they're, the schedule moves around based on what sports TNT is showing. So that's just going to bleed into Saturdays then. Or if you do a six o'clock show, West Coast, it's three o'clock unless they do a different time. They do a time split. So I, I don't know how I feel about that. I am very much pro CM Punk coming back. So let's get this yeah, man same. in, start a storyline with the elite. It would, it would kill. It'd be so good. Yeah. I'm not a marketing guy, but like, uh, is there anything on Thursday? Technically impact, but no one's watching that. I, I would, I would probably, you know, again, not a marketing guy. I don't know exactly what the numbers would look like, but uh, if I were them, I think I would try to take up something on Thursday, maybe. But then at the same time, you run into the issue of having two shows back to back, and that's a little strange as well. So I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm also somewhat at the point of like, do we need more wrestling on TV right now? Like it's we've a, got. We've it's a got, good problem to have, but I don't yeah. think we do. <laughs> it's We've got three hours on Monday, two hours on Tuesday, two hours on Wednesday, Thursday off, three hours between two companies on Friday, and then occasionally a pay-per-view on Saturday or Sunday, or both, depending on the weekend. Yeah. So, like, I, I like having a day that I don't have to watch wrestling. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot of content right now, which, again, not a bad problem to have but i'm totally okay with not another wrestling show <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm gonna be i'm gonna be writing to the pope to start praying for us content creators have too much content good lord <laughs> can you please turn the content dial down <laughs> dude what's your first stock rising uh yo my first stock rising this week would be um just factions in general um it kind of uh, the thing that kind of spurred this idea in me was watching Monday Night Raw. You know, mm-hmm. we got that big old faction war between uh, who we got um, LWO, the um, Judgment Day, and the Bloodline. Um, I dig a big ass faction war. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like we don't have them as often as I would like. It's cool to have. Um, Personally, I think it's cool to have like all these people in kind of individual storylines with small things linked in between that makes it just feel like a living universe. Like things happen. There are consequences to actions. Um, you know, there's there's a reason that everybody, you know, feels a certain way. Not everything's like separated in its own storyline and they like exist in it used to feel like they everything existed in like a different universe, I guess mm-hmm. I would say. Like, every storyline was its own thing. There was no intermingling. And I think that was a big Vince thing. But anyways, um, Triple H has done a great job of uh, kind of just interweaving. So, 
I dig big factions. Uh, I was a big fan of Evolution when I was little. Um, I dig seeing all these big factions get together. Um, I'm not sure how it's going to play out um, or if I will continue to like where it goes because uh, you'll allude to this later. Um, some things are a little iffy, uh, but I, I, I do like the idea and right now where it's at um, just with all these factions involved. How do you feel about it? I like when factions make sense. Yeah. Triple H loves a faction. That's one of the big parts of his creative is he's really solidified some that were somewhat factions and he's created others. And I think overall it's been, it's been pretty good. Um, I'm just going to break format and go to my stock falling, which is the faction of Sammy KO and Riddle because why the fuck is Matt Riddle there? (laughs) Like just cause he's back. And they needed a place to put him, and he had beef with the bloodline eight months ago. Like, I, I I don't care about him. I don't like him. I don't want him there. And to be fair, I used to enjoy Matt Riddle. When it was Randy and Riddle and RK Bro, I love I love an odd couple tag team where Randy was like, working with this guy. But you could tell Randy loved it. <laughs> He loved ha- not having the stress of just being a mean dude all the time. Like, like he, he <laughs> liked Randy. He, yeah. <laughs> like, he was like nice stepdad Randy. Like, you know, I, I wouldn't mind that, you know, getting a break from my normal work, you know, being the more face tag team. And like, I thought I thought all of the stuff, they had a good run as the, the Raw tag team champions. Uh, they had the belts for a pretty long time. And, and I think all that worked really well. Then Randy got hurt. Very unfortunate. I want him back so badly. Mm-hmm. And then As they we started, all do. They started this singles run for, for Matt Riddle, where he got a title match against Roman Reigns. Ugh. Like... <laughs> no, I... Uh, so, I definitely agree with what you're saying about um, Riddle kind of feeling weird in the storyline. Uh, he's... Like, everybody is so, like, um, everybody has, like, these serious thing about them in the storyline, right? Like, LWO has that, has some seriousness to it. Judgment Day, obviously, has its seriousness. And then you got the Bloodline storyline, um, pretty serious. And then you just got Riddle out of nowhere. Who's <laughs> just, like, a jokester talking about, uh, what was that move he said with his toe? You know what I'm talking about in the yeah, promo? Yeah, I don't remember what he called it. He's talking about jabbing people in the neck with a toe, and he's like, oh, I was just kidding, bro. I'm not stupid. And, like, I I love the humor, but, like, there's a time and a place, and I don't feel like it's the time or the place. And Especially because Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, like, for being serious guys, they have their own just natural humor about them that it doesn't oh, yeah. feel forced. Yes, like, definitely. I am fully, like, me and Kevin Owens shaking hands because me and Kevin Owen are like, why are you here, man? Why are you here? We're trying to beat the bloodline, and we have your dumb ass here. So I, I'm, I'm very much with Kevin Owens on that. So I, I like, like you, like you were saying, this faction kind of overlap. Yep. I didn't really know where it was going at first. To me, initially on, on Raw last night, it felt like it was just a... Uh, well, we need to keep giving all of these guys something to do before we get to Backlash and SummerSlam and whatever else. So let's do a, a truce between some of them and overlap some stuff to to keep things moving. And that can, that, that can be fine. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, like, like I thought Rey Mysterio and Solo Sokoa had a really good match on, on Raw last night. Yo, it, yeah, Ray always delivers with whoever. <laughs> yeah, he he's the GOAT. Like, he's so good. Like, the, there were some tweets that were saying you, that you could hear Solo Sokoa, like, as the pin was finishing, say thank you to Rey Mysterio, which, like, that's really nice. I listened to it. I listened to it with these big-ass headphones on. I couldn't hear shit. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Who but, knows? You know, if that's the case, then, you know, props to him and props mm-hmm. to Ray. So, it, I think we can get some interesting stuff going on. I, I think we talked actually last week or the week before about an LWO bloodline kind of feud would be really interesting. Yeah, I think you mentioned it. You, you and I are both big fans of Santos Escobar, so I, I would really like to see some stuff going on there with like him and whoever, with Solo, with Roman. Like, I, I'm a, I'm very much into Santos Escobar. If only, I mean, we'll still get to see Zelina Vega, so you know. It all works out in the end, but it, it would be nice if there be someone for her to to work with in the bloodline too. But as long as Alina's on screen, no complaints. <laughs> no complaints here, buddy. <laughs> as Montez Ford tweets, God is good. <laughs> Jacob, what's your uh, what's your stocks rising? My stocks rising first one is Xavier Woods. He. Dimitri, I'm actually a little surprised you didn't you didn't give him a shout out on top of the mid this week. Because the man is is working his way to the top of the mid. He's got an intercontinental title match next week. That's true. He he worked with the the best to put anyone over right now. L A Knight, yeah. <laughs> and L A Knight, you know, tried to go for the roll up with the trunks. Referee caught it, but of course she didn't see uh, Woods doing the same thing to to L A Knight. You know, getting jobbed again. At least he lost dirty, so he still has, you know, that about him. Real quick on LA Knight. So over. He's so over. The crowd, when he's kicking Xavier Woods on on the floor, they're going, yeah, yeah. (laughs) As soon as he, like, points around, yeah, the crowd yells it right back. Like, he's, they they love him. We love him. It's only a matter of time. We'll get him there. But. Xavier Woods goes backstage after his win, playing his little trombone, and Gunther's like, I will put some respect into you! <laughs> and, you know, is Xavier Woods going to beat Gunther? No. Hell no. But I'm really glad that he's being taken seriously. He's cutting great promos. Mm-hmm. He He's making me really believe on the, in this singles run. And with King of the Ring coming up, at the end of May, I would be really interested in Xavier Woods having another run at that and getting King of the Ring and actually getting to be King of the Ring. Because last time around, he became King of the King of the Ring, and everyone forgot he was King of the Ring within a month. Mm-hmm. So I, I would I think he could very much go on some kind of thing like that while he's on a little singles push with um, all his friends out hurt. Yeah, that'd be dope, man. I, I got to say, yeah, Xavier Woods is like a true, like, like perfect professional. Like, mm-hmm. he just, uh, he's professional in everything he does. Uh, he obviously has interests outside of wrestling with gaming and all that. Um, I love everything he does. He's got a great personality. Um, he puts in great work. Uh, his promos are always solid. There's like, I have like no complaints about Xavier Woods. So, uh, him as a competitor is definitely always believable Mm -hmm. i'm happy he's getting his uh shot at the intercontinental again even though 
He's losing to my boy Gunta. Okay. Uh, ain't no way he's beating him. But hey, that's that's kind of not fair, man. Gunther's got the uh, top of the mid SmackDown title, and mm-hmm. bro, Gunther's at this point he's like he's like above top of the mid. I'd say personally, just over the top of the mid. He he's just over the top of the mid. He might be approaching uh, you know, a little bit of lower lower of the top, bottom of the top. You know, somewhere around there. But um, no, he's approaching the top, and like he could main event something, and it'd be believable. So a little not fair, but um, you know, I'm happy to see Xavier Woods get that shot. It's just nice that he's getting the shot. He deserves yeah. it. The man works his ass off. Deserves some TV time, man. Get my man on screen. Absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. He does. Dimitri, who's your who's your second stock rising? Uh yo, it's uh, Cody once again, bro. Um, I. Uh, I was unhappy with the way his character was going, you know, before WrestleMania, it felt like too positive. We talked about that. I've talked about how he's the the Russell Wilson of promos, honestly, <laughs> the Russell Wilson of wrestlers. He was just too goody goody two shoes. And we literally just talked about how I need to see uh, something where he is a little less perfect and he shows a little bit of a blemish and there's a little bit more of a reason for me to believe his intentions, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And this week we fucking got it. Like, boom, like that. We got him freaking the fuck out uh, with the chair, little badass, hitting all the security, um, pissed off. Love to see it. Like, I don't need him to do this every week and I don't need him to like totally change his character, but to like at least add some depth here like that. You know, show me that, like, you really care. Show me that you're not, like, so straight-laced and by the book that, like, it's, like, unbelievable. Uh, that, that that means something to me. That's why, personally, again, bringing up Russell Wilson, and this is a wrestling <laughs> podcast, I never liked Russell Wilson because he's too straight-laced and because he's so straight-laced that, like, I can't believe him. It feels phony. It feels like a fake persona, and I don't like that. And I think that's what a lot of people don't like. And that's what I didn't like about Cody. So if we're getting away from that, feels a little bit more real to me. Feels a little bit more genuine. I'm totally cool with uh, them building Cody this way. And, um, you know, he continue, he can continue to be good and all that. But I like this little mean streak he got. Yeah. And his his promo was great. Yeah. Like, he, he, you felt how he was feeling not a cowboy you're a coward that was hard yeah, that was that was that's a bar <laughs> for real <laughs> adam pierce coming out and being like no 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 and cody rhodes just being like fuck you adam pierce uh-huh like i i'm not listening to you i'm not listening to your big bald head i have i have no interest <laughs> in what you are saying to me cody rhodes came out not medically cleared as well so can't have a match you're not medically cleared and he said fuck it He's like, I wrestle with my arm hanging off my body. Like, mm-hmm. you think I care about being medically cleared? Please. The, the, the amount of security they had there, too. Mm-hmm. woo <laughs> Like, that is a lot. Uh, Brock Lesnar came out uh, in that <laughs> trench coat. 
yo, looking like Mr. X from Resident Evil. I completely didn't think that he was going to come out. I'm like, yo, they're in Little Rock. Ain't no way Brock Lesnar's here. <laughs> yeah, right. And then his music played, and I'm like, oh, wait, that's just a distraction. Ain't no way he comes out. And then he came out looking like that, and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, it, it was funny because later when, when Trish Stratus came out, it was like, did they coordinate outfits yeah. or... Oh, shit. oh god yeah i'm i as you know let me pod to you is well known as being a cody hating pod in the wrestling universe <laughs> cody this week we love you we like that we like some heart my second stock rising is hook and the hardies i'm i don't really understand hook right now love him absolute hottie Went to Bucknell. Shout out to Bucknell. But he's just going around being like, yeah, I'm not going to talk. I got this belt. Who needs some help? Helped out Jungle Boy. Now he's helping out the Hardys. He, you know, helped Matt get his freedom. Now, you know, he's getting beat up by the guys in the firm. We need to even the numbers. Jeff Hardy comes back. Also, Matt Hardy, you dog, talking on your podcast. Jeff Hardy's, you know, he's Jeff's feeling great. He's a couple weeks away from coming back. That oh, same really fucking that? week, <laughs> Jeff's back on Dynamite. That's funny. I I hope to God that Jeff is good. I hope that he's feeling good. I hope that he can you know stay healthy, stay clean, stay doing the, what he needs to do to to just be happy. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm again. I didn't grow up with Jeff Hardy like a lot of people. So, you know, when I saw him on WWE, when I first started watching, I was like, the fuck is this guy with the fucking weird face paint and weird ass. shirts? And <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't understand. I was like, those are some big pants, bro. <laughs> like, I, I didn't understand. I got it explained to me. Then he came to AEW to reunite with his brother. I like that. I like the narrative. And I, I was really hoping that they'd get to do, you know, kind of one final run together check off the final things on their on their boxes mm-hmm. you know jeff had his legal tr- situation after the dui he you know was in was in jail for a bit he was in rehab after that he said he finally had an eye surgery that was bugging him so you know i i hope that jeff is good jeff you don't owe us anything you have done it all so come in have fun be safe don't die. Great words. Yeah, just show up, bro. I just need to, I just, you know, if you want to do wrestling, cool. You don't got to do anything crazy for me. Just show up. You know, I see your face. I see the music hit. I see you do the fun dance. I'm cool with that. Yeah, Matt will get to do his delete, 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 <laughs> you know, as well. It's Matt not, looking old, too. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, and you know, I also got to give a, a small shout out to Private Party because they've been Basically, Matt Hardy's lackeys the whole time, you know, off off TV. Matt has talked about how, you know, he, he loves those guys. He's trying to teach them everything he knows. You know, they had said previously when, when Jeff was there initially that he, you know, having both of them there, one of the greatest tag teams in, in history, was, was great for them. Private Party has a banger of a theme. So if they can start doing some tag matches together so we can get the, the private party theme again, I, <laughs> that would be great. Even if it's on dark, I'll turn, I'll turn into dark if it has private party. 
I have a really all right. Speaking of theme music and all this talk here, I have a really random fun fact that you probably don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. The Hardys theme song, you know the den and den and den and the the typical theme song. That's just a public domain track. Like that's public domain. You anybody can use that. That's why they. That's why it's they could just tarry it over so easy. And it was actually used in a uh, what was it? Uh, what the hell was that wrestling company? Wow, I am. What's the wrestling company that was against Raw like in the nineties? WCW. Thank you. Why wow, I'm a, I'm an idiot. Yeah, it was used in like a WCW promo once, if I'm not mistaken, like a commercial. And it's been used other places, uh, random ass commercials. It's just some random ass free music. I just thought that was random and interesting. Should should we use it on the podcast? <laughs> we probably <laughs> could, man. <laughs> we got our music right there. Thank you, Hardy boys. Yeah, thank you, Hardy. But anyway, private party. The oh my god, is that private party? Shots, 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 and they roll down the ramp. Like it's so good. It's a banger. Now to get into whose stocks are down. I should start making a stocks chart for our you stocks should. up and down. That'd be fun. Yeah. Dimitri, who's on the, who's on the down? All right, yo. It continues to be this man that I once had high hopes for. This man that I thought was going to project himself to the top of the mid. Somebody I thought that had some um, some promise. Still might have some promise. He's still very young. But uh, this week it's Austin Theory, man. Um, I just, you know, he disappeared for a week and we were talking about how we didn't even notice that he was gone. Uh, he came back this week, you know, he has the title and everything. Cool. He had this little match with Booby Lashley and then fucking Booby Lashley is kicking his ass the entire match. Not very convincing from Austin theory standpoint. Mm -hmm. He didn't even get to finish the match because of that DQ go into that later or whatever but anyways it's just been really unconvincing uh his promos been very unconvincing i'd say the best promo he's had is the one where there's a fucking empty arena that was my favorite one yeah that's my that's my favorite promo that he's given um and i don't know man i'm just i'm not convinced i feel like it's a travesty that this guy who's just doesn't really have much going has the top of the mid title when he's like bottom of the mid performance right now. I need somebody else to have the top of the mid title. Give it to Chad. Give it to, give it to, I don't know. I would even take Otis having it. That would be hilarious. Give me comedy. I don't know. Like there's so many other people that I would take right now being US champ than Austin Theory. Last week we were just talking about how Bobby Lashley should have that belt. Mm-hmm. Because he's very over right now, he is the he has the meatiest man trophy. Absolutely, he and he fucking kicked his ass. Yeah, Bobby Lashley's a badass. Uh, My, I totally would be okay with that. It, I think you even said Bobby holding that belt just looks right. Like it, it does. Looks, it belong. Like it looks like it belongs. It's a big ass belt. It looks prestigious. On a big ass boy. Yeah, when you put it on him, it's just like yo. Mm-hmm. That, yep, that's where it belongs. Yeah, I I'm completely with you. When I my first thought when I saw on the the graphic on Raw that there was a US title match between Austin Theory and Bobby Lashley, my first thought was, "Oh hell, yeah. <laughs> Bobby Lashley is finally getting that belt back." 
They've finally seen the light. Austin Theory ain't it. And then they did this DQ. Like, this man is fluking his way to keeping that belt. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fluking his way to having it. He's just he doesn't so, deserve it. He's, he's just just so shown not week in, week out he doesn't deserve it. Yeah. Just so, like, not interesting. Character not interesting. Everything about it not interesting. And there's just so many other people that are doing much more interesting things. Like like you said, Bobby Lashley won. Uh, you could probably name so many. If you gave me the roster right now and I'd go through the names, there's so many people that could have a convincing U.S. title run right now and actually like boost themselves. You know, like L.A. Knight, somebody like that. I don't know. Anybody. Absolutely. 100%. Final nail in Austin Theory's coffin. When my, my friend Rachel was visiting this week, I, I showed her a picture of him and she went, <coughs> ew. So, you know. <laughs> Can't, can't, oh, can't be having that happen to you, Theory. My second stock rising, because we did my riddle one earlier, is the outcasts in AEW. Kind of back to faction wars, the, the outcasts are the new signings, if you will, that AEW's made from other companies. Right now, it's really just Tony Storm, uh, Soraya, and um, Ruby Soho. But here's the thing. Soraya doesn't fucking wrestle. She's done like three total matches, I think, since she made her return before the last pay-per-view. And at that pay-per-view, she wrestled a pretty weak match against Britt Baker. Not Britt's fault. Definitely Soraya's just not really, I think, trusting her neck fully yet. The commentators also really played up that angle. They're like, oh my God, another neck breaker. You know, is she going to be alive? Look, guys, I watch wrestling because it's fun. I don't watch wrestling to see somebody die on the side of the ring <laughs> or be paralyzed for the rest of their life. Like, I'm not, I'm not here for that. We don't have to play it up. Same thing with Brian Danielson's concussion angle every single fucking match. Are we going to see death tonight? Are we going to see like, somebody ruin the rest of their life tonight? Is this going to be diagnosed with CTE by the <laughs> AEW doctor? Oh, like, I hope not. <laughs> you know? So, like... Tony Storm, I've, I think she's had a really up and down kind of run since she came to AEW. She got in the the world title picture right away. She got the interim world title, which was bullshit to begin with, and then she lost the interim world title, and a week later it became the world title. Jamie Hader's great champion. No, no hate to, to Jamie Hader, none at all. But you know, Tony Storm, I think she keeps getting kind of the sh- the short straw. And a lot of this stuff, you know, from that title picture to this faction where her and Ruby Soho are doing all the work. And Ruby Soho's not overly believable as an outsider or an outcast because she's been with AEW for a few years now. It's not like she's mm. just rocked up for, for a check, you know? They, like, they, they even kind of played that up at the beginning of whose side are you on, Ruby? Because she's been there so fucking long. But they have more homegrown talents like Britt and Jamie. Um, Sky Blue finally signed a contract. And she's fully you know, all elite and still taking pins for no reason. The, the only thing that's really working for the outcast for me right now is Tony Storm. Um, because she's great. She's incredible. Um, Tony, if you want to practice your hip attacks, I'm available. <laughs> you know, th- there's... There's 
there's a there's stuff that could work there, but I feel like everybody in the faction needs to be involved. Soraya just jumping in after they get a win and spray painting someone with an L, it's not anything. It's not working. Dimitri, what is your what is your second stock falling? Well, so I got a uh, kind of a random entry here. I feel like it's a team that nobody really talks about. Um, at least I don't really think about to talk about very often. But figured I'd throw them in here. Um, the Viking Raiders would be my stock falling. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know if their stock is falling or if it's just the same it's always been. Um, <laughs> it's just like... It's a, it's an interesting thing to describe. Their their gimmick in the first place is, is pretty outlandish. Um, and they've since they've returned with Valhalla, they've tried to take it in like a serious way. And like... It's the type of gimmick... Like, they're Vikings. Like, you can't take that in a serious way in my opinion at least completely not, serious not like, in the year of our lord 2023 right like i can't like look at them and be like dude i'm terrified of those fuckers that think they're vikings like it doesn't work for me um i have suggestions if they would like to listen um a long time ago rewind a few years uh they had a good run when they were um working with the street profits uh, it was really, 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 really good. I liked it a lot. And why did I like it a lot? Because it was fucking funny. Like they, mm. they, like they kind of played the role of a team that like took themselves a little too serious, but also like they were like doing goofy shit. So, for example, um, they kept feuding with the street profits and they kept like battling to see who was better and then they took it outside the ring and they decided to do like a bunch of like contests like the street profits are like all right let's play some basketball then so they <laughs> so they they had the street profits versus like the viking raiders playing basketball and then the viking raiders are like oh, okay you want to play basketball fine let's try axe throwing and then they tried to do like an axe throwing competition and obviously the fucking viking raiders whipped some ass and the street profits were ass um and they just kept doing like little stupid shit like that and like for me it made me like the viking raiders because i was like oh shit's kind of funny you know playing into the viking character and also working with this other tag team is pretty comedic coming together it it, like worked and the synergy was there and i i found it interesting um the problem with the viking raiders now circle back is that that comedy's not there I don't know if it's because uh, they're trying to only go in the serious direction. They don't have, like... Like, since they've come back, I can't even think of any, like, meaningful feud. They've just kind of been on TV, right? Like, mm-hmm. who have they feuded with? Do we do they have any actual feuds? Or are they just... It's brand- just been thrown together matches where they make their entrance or backstage they beat somebody up. And yep. they're out there barefoot, looking like they haven't showered in a week. <laughs> You know, Valhalla, nasty. Yeah. So, like, no direction. They're trying to be serious. It's too much. Stock's down for me. But but also, like, what's the point of Valhalla <laughs> even being there? I don't know, dude. She's literally done nothing here besides smell bad. She, Supposedly. Like, she, I don't know if she actually does, by the way. Sorry. Look, look, look at her. <laughs> she, she... The first day she was there, I think she hit somebody with a meteora um i think she got it she ended at one of zelina vega's matches in a dq at one point I, like it it doesn't 
make any sense. They've tried to repackage mm-hmm. them as this vicious force a few times now. There was one point on SmackDown where they literally were calling them the new and vicious Viking Raiders. And it's like, if you have to say <laughs> the new and, the new and vicious, improved, <laughs> it's not, you're just telling me, you're not showing me. Yep. They also take way too many L's in the ring to actually be taken seriously. Yeah, no, can't take them seriously. So, uh, Fucking in, inject some comedy or something. Change something, man. Yeah, they got, They're just they got, floating. They got to do something. I mean, they... Last... last. I think, was it on Raw or SmackDown? I don't remember. They had them attack Big Bald, Little Bald, a.k.a. Too Bald, Too Furious, a.k.a. Braun Strowman and Rick O'Shea gang, gang. backstage. And I was like, okay, for what? Like, what, <laughs> what are they getting attacked for? <laughs> Neither... What's your beef here? Like, they're big bad Viking Raiders. They're buddy. big, like because Braun Strowman's bigger. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't understand. It, it's, it's. I'm with you. They let, let's do something new there. Maybe they'll get drafted in different places. Maybe be a good thing for a couple tag teams. Yeah, I, I guess at the same time though, do we really want to see Eric and or Ibar having singles matches consistently? Wow, great point. <laughs> I just talked myself out of that one right away. <laughs> okay, so, uh, Dimitri, what are you looking forward to? Anything in wrestling this week? Anything you're keeping your eye on? All right, so nothing, like, immediately this week, but as we mentioned uh, last week, I am just fucking hype for the draft, yo. Mm-hmm. I am so excited for the draft. I am just, like... Uh, I, I think about it every day. I, I want to see the draft. <laughs> I want to, you know, I'm thinking about getting the new 2K, uh, seeing if they have a draft in there. I'm not sure if they brought that in yet. If they don't have a draft, I'm going to have ChatGPT make me one. And I'm going to do it myself, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> How about you? Um, I, I'm, I'm really hoping that AEW starts solidifying their world title picture. I, I think I talked about this a little bit at the end of the podcast last week. I, I just, I, I think they have this thing going on where it's like, oh, there are these three challengers to MJF's throne. Again, Darby Allen's the only serious one to me. So let's just kind of zero in on who the crowd and who the audience is most into. And let's just focus on pushing that guy because there's a lot of other stuff you can do with, with Sammy Guevara and what you can do with... Uh, Jack Perry, Jungle Boy, and let, let's just let Darby have a shot because I think he can. I think he can do it. Give the boy Darby a shot, man. Give him a chance. A little I'm open ass. to it. I'm open. My eyes are open. My heart is open. On that bombshell, thank you everyone for listening. You can follow wait, wait, us. Wait, on wait, 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 wait. Hold the fuck up, Jacob. I'm stopping. There's nothing the else on the rundown. No, no, no. I have something to add. <laughs> If you made it this far into the goddamn podcast, give us a goddamn five stars immediately right now. I don't know if you can give us a five stars on Spotify. I don't know what the I don't know what the thing is. Give us a thumbs up. Give us the five stars. And I'm a thank you. All right. I'm a thank you on Twitter. Just tweet at me. I'm a thank you on Twitter. All right. So I'm gonna know if you did it when I see you tweeting at me. All right. <laughs> Just Dimitri underscore. All right. You know what? Or you can tweet our our official account. That's uh, L-M-P-T-Y, baby. Let me pod to you. All right, now it's, do the it, outro. No, it's, it's at let me pod to you. I just abbreviated in the outro. Oh, wow, bro. <laughs> I just fucked it up. Come on, man. Now I, I, I look I so also, unserious. I also ask people for a review at the end of the outro, too. No, no, no. I know you ask them for a review. <laughs> You're but I demanded them for five stars. 
<laughs> All right. I saw that in here and I was like, you know what? This man kindly asks for a review every week, dog. Why don't we just demand what we want, man? Give us goddamn five stars. Give us a good review. And you know what? If you do, I'll be a happy man. And then I won't yell at you anymore. So with that being said, go ahead, Jacob. Well, I can't top that. You can follow us on Twitter at LemmyPod to you. If you have any questions, you can send it to us there at our personal handers. D- Dimitri is at just Dimitri underscore. You can find me if you want at we hate Jacob. That's hate with an eight. Uh, have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>